Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thank you for listening to the third annual Live Dweeb Show. We were fortunate enough to have the talented Nicholas Starr perform prior to the show, and he was kind enough to let us include it. He's a very funny man from Albuquerque, New Mexico, so sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody. Can you hear me through the system? All right. Got some housekeeping to get out of the way. One, this is a live show. If you're not familiar with live shows, it actually sounds better if you laugh and make noise. I would not heckle because I don't respond well to it. I told Brandy last night I already got enough friends and I don't know you guys that well. So, second thing I'd like to give out, get out of the way is let's please give a big thank you to Brandy, Chuck, and Tim. They are the ones that paid for this space to allow us to perform and meet up with everybody. It was a gift to the dweebs. So one more round of applause, please. Now let's jump into it. One thing about my stand-up comedy that I need you all to know is when I first got started, I promised myself that I would never tell a joke that I wouldn't tell in front of my grandmother. But my grandmother was also the person who taught me how to say fuck, so (laughs) we're just going to roll. It's October. Anybody here still sticking strong with their New Year's resolution? Hell yeah, me too. Mine was not to work out, though. I thought about getting in shape, but that shit is heavy. And I'm not the type to diet. So I decided to switch to the metric system. It's not because it's particularly easier or that more parts of the world use it. It's just that 15.34 centimeters... Sounds a lot better than six inches. (laughs) Some of you who are part of the Facebook page, which honestly I would assume is most of you, know that I'm in a relationship with Molly. And I love her a whole lot. She puts up with a lot. 
we moved in together about three years ago or so. And we live in a place called Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're not familiar, there's a big documentary called Breaking Bad. <laughs> It'll tell you most of what you need to know. But the day that I moved in, I took off work, moved all my shit in. I don't own a lot, so it took about 20 minutes. Um, but then, as I was done, Molly had to go to work. And I was like, so now that I live here, is there anything I have to worry about, like, in the house? Like, I was thinking, like, maybe the hot water is the cold water, and the cold water is the hot water in the shower or something. She's like, no, nah, everything's pretty normal. I want to watch out, though. People have been breaking into cars around here. And then she left for work. And I'm 30 years old, and I have no idea how you're supposed to be careful about somebody breaking into your car. <laughs> so I decided to take a shower, because I'd been moving all day, all 20 minutes of it. But it was summer, so I opened up the window because I didn't want it to be a sauna. I disrobed myself get into the shower, start lathering up, and then I hear somebody messing around by where the cars are because I'd open the window and I look, and there's a guy by my driver's side door. And so at this point, I'm on, like, instinct and adrenaline. All right, Tim, have you ever felt simultaneously scared and angry? Did you also get aroused? <laughs> that might just be a me thing. I don't know. But I'm on adrenaline, I run down the stairs, I throw on some shoes, I open our back door, I'm trying to think of something really cool to say, because you can't just walk up on a dude and shrug at him if he's breaking into your car. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to be real casual with it, like, hey buddy, you want some help? <laughs> or real Albuquerque with it, like, yo, I'm going to fuck you up. So as soon as I open our back gate, the words mixed in my head. So I was like, hey buddy... You want some fuck? <laughs> and it was at this point that I looked down and I realized that I was fully aroused <laughs> and completely naked. But I also remembered that I'm a comedian and comedians commit to the bit. So I looked from the tip of myself back to the guy breaking into my car. I was like, you're in luck. I got 15.34 centimeters of fuck for you right here. <laughs> I'd never seen somebody run so fast. <laughs> and the car stopped getting broken into. So <laughs> it works. <laughs> All right, now that we're comfortable with each other, if you do want to lose weight, I do have a perfect method for it, but it is a bit of work. What you have to do is you have to get a tall glass, fill it half fill with whole milk. To that whole milk, you're going to add some powdered milk. To that powdered milk, you're going to add some sweetened condensed milk. If you're going to mix it up, you've got to put it into a protein shaker. Into that protein shaker, you put your favorite protein supplement. I personally choose whey protein because it's still dairy and it keeps the theme. <laughs> you shake that up. Then you pour that into a blender. Into that blender, you put your favorite protein bar. Blend that up into a liquid. Put that back into the protein shaker. Now, the protein shaker is the most important part 
because it means you can take it with you in public, and when people see you drinking from it, they're going to know that you're better than them. <laughs> but if you followed my instructions and you slam it, you're going to shit yourself almost instantly. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter what you've eaten. <laughs> All right. I am a larger person than most. I also have a very naturally angry face. The glasses soften it up a bit, so let me show you. I mean, that's just my default. I'm a pretty happy person usually. But one cool thing about being larger with an angry face is a lot of times people will just assume you're a bouncer if you're outside of a venue, which I'm not. But people will just hand me IDs, and I'll look at it and be like, I don't work here. I don't care if you're underage. Go get drunk. It's cool. <laughs> then people see me holding IDs, and they just keep handing them to me. And eventually, I'm like, sorry, man. We're at capacity. <laughs> Hang out right here. I'll go see what's up. So I go in, drink a Diet Coke, because I already had my super milk. <laughs> Come back out and be like... Still super packed, my man. Not supposed to do this. Fire marshal got on my ass last time. But I'll let you all in for five dollars a head. <laughs> Usually they're like, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna pay to get into a brewery in Albuquerque at, on a Wednesday. I was like, Oh, you made your choice, I'll see you in a little bit. I go back inside, drink another Diet Coke, maybe do a set. Come back out. And at this point, the sun is set, and the wind's picked up. It's a little chilly. They've not dressed appropriately. And they're like, look, man, I'll pay the $5. I'll be like, whoa, hold your horses. It's seven now. <laughs> That's how I pay for my meals. I'm doing pretty good, guys. So. But I realized early on that I could not be a bouncer. Well, the reason is, is I never actually learned how to fight. Because growing up, I was always like a foot taller than everybody. And any time we were about to get into a fight, it got broken up really quick. So I got really good about the trash talk before. But once it actually happens, I don't know what to do with my hands. And it seems to be scary to like get hit in the face. So I came up with the idea that crazy probably goes a long way in a fight. So if it happens, I'm prepared. Maybe I'm at a bar and somebody's had five or six white claws too many. And they're like, hey, Nicholas, we're going to fight. It's like, all right, let's start off by going outside, because that's how they do it in movies. We go outside, other person's squaring up. Now, I don't want to get punched in the face, so I take off my shirt, because I've seen hockey, and that's just too much control to give. And so I take it off, and they see that. And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. And they take off their shirt. Like, oh, shit, they're into it. So I got to double down, so I start taking off my pants. At this point, they're usually like, yo, what are we doing here? It's like, well, you're fighting me because you're angry. I'm probably going to try to fuck you. <laughs> like, one way or another, you're going to get some bodily fluids on you, my dude. <laughs> and to date, I've not had to fuck my way out of a fight. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. 
feel like I'd have to take the same mentality to prison because I'm 30 years old and white, so since I've never been to jail, statistically speaking, I probably won't, which is pretty cool. But, <laughs> but if it happens, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk up to this biggest, scariest-looking dude in there. I'm going to knock some shit out of his hands. If he's not holding anything, I'll find something on the ground and put it in his hands to knock it out. <laughs> because this is a system. But I'll look him right in the eye. Be like, hey, buddy. You're fucking me tonight. Because <laughs> I feel like aggressive consent takes a lot of the fun out of prison rape. <laughs> With any luck, that's going to just build a reputation for me. Like the new prisoners come in and they're like, hey, old timer, is there anything about this jail that I got to know about? The guy's like, no, nah, it's a jail. I want to stay away from the ginger bear over there, though. <laughs> He's going to make you fuck him. <laughs> so before I was lucky enough to find myself in a relationship with the beautiful Molly Erickson, who's sitting over there, if you want to look at her. <laughs> I was in the dating world. And I know that in my repertoire, looks are probably not my go-to. I've always been a words guy. And it's cool, but sometimes you can't turn it off. At one time, I was at a place called FX in Albuquerque, which caters to the LGBT community. And I'm just a really charming guy. And I was talking to this beautiful girl. We were having a good time, and she's like, hey, you're real funny. It's like, cool, that's kind of my thing. How about we go away from these speakers? We could talk some more. She's like, well, we can do that, but I got to let you know that I'm into women. It's like, what a coincidence. So am I. <laughs> we could talk about how we're both into women. And it worked. All right, we talked, and she left with a really cute woman. <laughs> Another time, I was at a different bar after an open mic, and I don't drink alcohol, but I don't have a problem with people drinking it. Honestly, I'll probably instigate it. And there was an out-of-town comedian who did really well at the open mic, made me laugh. So I was like, hey, man, whatever you want, I got it. What he didn't know is 275 you call it, which means any drink he wants, 275. But I wasn't going to let him know that. And he's like, anything I want? Anything you want. It's like, all right, I'll have a PBR. I'm like, how about, like, not a shitty beer, my man? <laughs> He's like, really? I was like, yeah, literally anything you want, I'll make it happen. He's like, all right, Dos Equis. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to hold your hand, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so I go up to the bar to order my Diet Coke, get his Dos Equis, and it's taking a while. And there's a girl to my right who's drinking a Dos Equis. So I start a conversation, you know? It's like, so, how's the Dos Equis tonight? Those Dos Equis ever doesn't taste like shit, you know? But it worked. We started talking, and we were having a good time while I was waiting for my beverages. What I didn't realize was she had a guy sitting next to her on her right. And he and I did this thing that guys will do where we locked eyes, and we communicated wordlessly. And on his, I read, hey, man, you're, you're talking to my date. So I shot back to him. I was like, I know. Step your game up. <laughs> 
but I wanted to be a bro for this guy that I'd never met and probably would never see in my life again. So my solution to that was to turn my back on the girl in mid-sentence, which in retrospect was pretty rude. But there was another girl who was gorgeous on my left, and I felt like I had to talk to her in order to justify turning my back on the first girl. But my only end was she was on her phone. And so I said, that's a neat phone. Does it do everything you want it to? And I was painfully aware as the words were leaving my mouth that it would have been better to just not say anything at all. But she had a really great answer. She said, uh, yeah. And then she turned her back on me. Which, I mean, it hurt. Like, I got it. Like, I just did it. Whatever. But I was like, oh, shit. She thinks I'm hitting on her. Got to let her know that that's not the case. So I tap her on the shoulder. And she's like, what? It's like, hey, I just want to let you know that that was not me hitting on you at all. She's like, well, I didn't think you were hitting on me. I was like, well, that's bullshit because... You're an attractive female and we're in a dive bar. You get hit on by scuzzy-looking dudes like me all the time. I just wanted you to know that if I was going to spit game at you, it would be significantly better than that. If you'd like to find out, you can give me your phone number and I'll text it to you. (laughs) You guys laugh, but it worked. (laughs) I got most of her phone number. She left the last digits off. That's 10 phone calls, and how else do you make friends as an adult, right? (laughs) I don't know if you guys could tell, but I, for one, just really, really love awkward situations. I love to cause them. I love to observe them. I love to be a part of them. My absolute favorite is when people ask me if I'm gay, which I get it, right? Like, I have this impeccable fashion sense. I got this light feminine voice. Like, I hit the stereotypes. I'm going to tell you the time, my favorite time that it happened. I was at a Walmart at 4.30 in the morning. Really had to get laundry detergent for some reason. It's not really important, but it's setting the scene for you guys. There's a guy in front of me. The line was super long. It was the only line that was there. And he looks at me. Hey, man. It's like, oh, he wants to... I was to have a conversation, make this line move a little bit faster. So I was like, what's up, buddy? He looks me up and down, and he's like, so, do you like cocks? I was like, Jesus, that's a strong opener for a stranger. <laughs> but I didn't want this guy that I'd never met to think that I was homophobic. So I was like, nah, man, I don't. But I know that I don't, because I've sucked a few just to make sure. But then I realized I'd back myself into a corner because, like, how many dicks are the appropriate amount to have hypothetically sucked to show that you're not gay? Well, I came to the same conclusion. My thought process was, one, maybe the first guy had a stressful day. You know, he wasn't going to be at full mast, and it wasn't good for either of us like two maybe the second guy was not circumcised and that's not what I'm working with so it freaked me out (laughs) so I told him yeah man I've sucked three dicks not one of them were for me 
And then he had this kind of angry, confused, hurt look on his face. I was like, oh, shit. I should have sucked way more dick to prove I wasn't gay. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, not cocks, crocs the shoes, and he points to his feet. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> nah, man, those things are fucking gay. I can't stand those. <laughs> that line did not move any quicker, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, man. I grew up not super wealthy. Um, I turned 30 in April, and it reminded me when I was five years old that... All I wanted for my birthday was a creepy crawly oven. If you're not familiar, the creepy crawly oven is a lot like the Easy Bake Oven, but instead of making shitty desserts, it makes super cool bug, bug toys. Right? Now, this is, this is where we were at when I was five years old. Is I do remember going to bed for dinner. All right? It's a joke. You guys can laugh at that. Like, <laughs> Like, I never use the Crayola crayons. I use the Rose Art, all right? And they didn't come out the right color. But I tell my mom, I was like, Mom, I want the creepy crawly oven. It's a toy. It makes other toys. It's fucking dope. Which was a little advanced cursing for a five-year-old, but... <laughs> she says, I'm not going to get that for you. It's like, well, why not? Well, I don't know if that company is going to be around in six months. If I buy you that expensive toy and I can't buy refills, it's useless. It's like, all right, fair enough. She got me like a ball or something. I don't remember. It was 25 years ago. But when I turned 30, she calls me up. She's like, hey, Nicholas, how's your birthday going so far? I was like, oh, it was pretty good. It's like, thought about any gifts you might want? It's like, well, I was on Amazon earlier. <laughs> Guess what's still being made? She's like, is this about the goddamn creepy crawly oven? It's like, you fucking know it is. She's like, well, I'm not going to buy that for you. Why not? Like, well, first of all, you're an adult with your own money. Second, I don't know if that company is going to be around in six months. <laughs> no, if you buy your refills. The reason I bring that up is to let you guys know that at 30 years old, I've never bought a Swiffer. That's because I don't trust them. Because I don't know if that company's going to be around in six months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we have music fans here? Yes. All right, I'm going to upset you guys quite a bit. So there's a very thin line between love and hate. Okay. Very strong emotions, one's positive, one's negative. I bring that up because in the next breath, I'm going to bring up Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback is a band that a lot of people online seem to say that they hate, but I would like to posit that a lot of those people are liars. Reason being, from 2000 to 2010, they sold over 10 million albums. They were the number two foreign music act in the United States behind only the Beatles, which means they beat out U2, they beat out Avril Lavigne, who tried to marry into Nickelback, all right? They beat out Ricky Martin, 
All right? I don't even know if he's foreign, but they beat him out. All I'm saying is that's an awful lot of albums to have a grandma go into Best Buy and be like, my grandson likes rock. What kind of album should I buy? And the Best Buy has been guy who's been having a shitty day is like, I know what you need. It gets you silver side up. What I'm saying is a lot of you guys are liars. Because Nickelback might be the very last rock star band. Just because they were through standing in lines to clubs they'd never get in. It felt a lot like the ninth inning of a game that they weren't going to win. That's all of Rockstar that I'm going to sing for you guys. <laughs> but I do like building up the tension. <laughs> I'm going to leave you guys with the story of how I learned that I was an adult in the eyes of my parents. I was 23 years old, and my stepfather is Jewish, which is important to the story. It's not just an extra detail. My father's like, hey, let's all go to the East Coast where my family is. He lives, they live in Maryland. And my mom's like, that sounds like a great idea. And I was like, why not? I haven't been over there in a while. Um, this was going to be a vacation for 10 days, and it was a, you're going to spend the entire time with your family 10 days, not a let's go see the sights 10 days. And so me, my two younger siblings, my mom, my dad, my grandmother, and one of my aunts were in the three-bedroom condo that my grandmother owns. Also, what I was unaware of was if you are both from the East Coast and Jewish, there's a lot more opportunity to yell in your day than normal. I'm a pretty easygoing guy, whereas my aunt and my grandmother decided that 6.30 in the morning was an appropriate time to yell about the eggs that they were cooking being too runny <laughs> when their six foot three, 250-pound grandson slash nephew is sleeping on the couch four feet away. Suffice to say, four days in, I was over it. But my grandmother had a fantastic idea. She's like, hey, on Friday... Let's invite all your dad's friends and family over that he hasn't seen in 20 years so you can meet all of them. I was like, cool, a bunch of middle-aged people that I don't really intend to talk to. Let's do it. Let's, let's roll deep. And it happened. And one thing I did not count on was one of my dad's friends had a daughter that was my age. And at that point, I hadn't seen anybody that was my age, much less an attractive person of the opposite sex. So I did what any of us would have done, and I spit as much game as hard and as fast as I could, hoping that something would stick. And it went pretty well, to the point that I was trying to figure out which of the three bedrooms in the condo was the appropriate one to go do stuff in. <laughs> I decided on the first guest room because the master bedroom seemed a little presumptuous. In the middle of the conversation, though, the girl in a tone that very much indicated that if I did not answer correctly, uh, the conversation was over. I was like, hey, you're Jewish, right? And I'm not a liar, but I do like to end conversations on my own terms. <laughs> so I said to her, 
I'm not Jewish, but my dick is because I'm circumcised. <laughs> she didn't think it was nearly as funny as you guys. She looks at me and she's like, did you just say that to me? It's like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you were there. So she's like, I'm going to go tell your mother. So I said, why? She knows. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she had to sign off on it. <laughs> she, didn't seem, she didn't really see the logic in that. So she goes and she tells my mom. And my mom does this thing that mothers will do is as you're being told something that your kid does to kind of just lean around them to make eye contact with the kid <laughs> to confirm. My best response to that was to shrug. So she comes over to me and she's like, Nicholas, did you just tell that girl that your dick is Jewish because it's circumcised? <laughs> I said, well, that sure does sound like me. She's like, yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I just don't know why she thought it was appropriate to tell me. I was like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, I mean, I know. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Plus, you already got your plane ticket and cab fare, and you're an adult, so I can't really do anything to you. That's how I found out I was an adult, guys. <laughs> Thank you all very, very much. All right, everyone. Let's simmer down a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. All right, fantastic. So, I mean, this is, this is basically the reason we're all here, I'm pretty sure. Is <laughs> so we got the the live recording of the history dweebs, starring our favorite people. All right, we got we got Tim Scott, we got Brandy Herman, we got we got Chuck Hawk Walters, and a couple of special guests. <laughs> One Ms. Nina Innested from the Vanish podcast. And Erica Kelly of Southern Fried True Crime. So without further ado, let's give it up for them one more time so they can get up on stage. So just to give you guys an idea of um, kind of what we've had to do now, we used to record at work because um, we're hard workers, clearly. <laughs> and, you know, we would... Yeah. Yeah, they put and us off to that. we would all sit in, our, in my office and we would do this and it was constant interruptions, constant, because, you know, people expected us to do things. So um, we kind of started doing it um, in our homes, which is nice that you can sit there with a cup of coffee and a cigarette and do this. Um, but, you know, it poses its own set of challenges. So just to give you guys an idea of how this works for us, every Sunday, we record at 10 o'clock every single Sunday morning. Goddamn right we do. Like, oh, church. shush. <laughs> <laughs> 
every Sunday morning. It doesn't change every Sunday morning. I have had to miss Joel. Why Steve. don't you? <laughs> you don't. I, I have missed Joel Osteen for the last no. year. First you haven't all, missed him at all. I'm going to need you. You need to simmer down. He hasn't missed you. Simmer down. No. <laughs> so at 9.30 every Sunday morning, Tim will come up on my phone. I'm here. And I'll text back. Yeah, I'm, whatever. I'm here. Got Noah out doing whatever Noah things he does. Building a bomb or whatever. And then... <laughs> And then, like, we'll go, and there's just silence. There's radio silence, radio silence. And then Chuck, question mark, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm going to call him. Fine. Every week, every week, 10 after 10, quarter after 10. Wait, I'm here. I overslept. I've got to get this ready. I don't have a script. Does anybody... You just tried to say you didn't have a script script right here. The script is emailed to us. Emailed to our home addresses, emailed to our work addresses, and he prints a copy out and puts it on our chairs at work. <laughs> Inevitably, I don't have a script. Does anybody have the Patreon list? I get, just hold on. And then it's another 20 minutes. And then finally, we kind of, we can sort of get going. Um, so, like, we, I apologize for that. Uh, and, you know, because this is actually the first time we've sat together in... It- Six months, and, a year, something yeah, like it's that? Not, it's not been long enough. Well, right. <laughs> you look like Ronnie Millsap with your glasses on. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm going for a southern version of Jack Nicholson. Okay. Go for that. <laughs> it, it is very bright up here. It's very, you going to sing the blues right after? What's it? You going to sing the blues after? Oh, damn. You know No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Yeah, right. So um, just with that being said, I just want to thank you all for coming out. We love doing this every year. We have such a good time. We love seeing all of you and meeting all of you. And um, and uh, I don't... Chuck, do you have anything very short that you would like to say before we get started? Well, first of all... Short, no. <laughs> there is no... no it, it, it is... It is... It's overwhelming to have everybody. What do we got... Two, three hundred people out here. Oh, at least. Wow. <laughs> to have people come from all parts. I mean, we got, where are you from? We got people coming Tennessee. from all around the world. She came from Tennessee. Uh, oh, Nina, Jesus. Georgia by way of Detroit. We got, a, we got a Brit out here. We got people from all over. Jessica? A yeah. Kiwi. We got I'm Jessica out here. Came all the way from, what is it, Kiwi? Is it New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah. She's a fake Australian, too. So. I think you found your got Tommy Lane from Hawaii. We got Tommy Lane all the way up from Hawaii. So we, it, uh, this, is the, this is the highlight of, of, yeah, I don't have much of a life anymore other than writing books <laughs> um, and my dogs. And, and you may have seen, I don't know if you know, I got a new dog, um, Little Bo. And uh, so this is really all I have. This is what I cling to, people. All right? This is what keeps me going day after day. Thanks. So I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Wait a minute. And I also want to say, if anybody wants to meet him, Jacob, my son, is sitting back there with his delightful girlfriend, Jessica. Yeah. And so 
I, you know, I would tell you guys just well, it doesn't matter. He's my child, so he already knows all the bullshit. So yeah, just <laughs> have at it. He's up for grabs. All right, Timmy. Okay. He's not up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We'll get started. Okay. So I mean, just because we're recording this, we're going to start from the beginning. Uh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. History Dweebs Live. History Dweebs Live 3. Yes. Three. 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 The Colonel Strikes Back. The Colonel Strikes Back. Because it was only a matter of time. I can only take so much abuse here before I strike back. I'm a patient well, man. Everybody next to me knows now, that. honey. I know. And, you know, this is what I didn't like. I... Timmy told me Nina was going to be doing the show, and I was like, oh, this, this kind of balances it out because we got the devil, and then I got basically an angel coming over here, Nina. <laughs> Nina from um, Already Gone? And then I'll be damned if they don't bring another devil in here. <laughs> I can tell you. So I'm just it's like, what am I doing here? We have Erica Kelly from Southern Fried True Crime. Thank you very much. We have Nina Instead from Already Gone. And Nina wrote the script for today. So, so we have like a real writer. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, well the problem is, you know, the problem with this is she didn't know what parts Brandy was going to be doing, and she may have thrown some three-syllable words yes. in there. Yes, yes, that's what so happened. So they're going to get all jacked up. So because, bear with us yeah. if I have to help her with enunciation. I'm the one who screws up autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So w- even though Nina did a fine job with the script, sometimes, Brandy, as you know, we use adult language. Sometimes. sometimes. Only sometimes. sometimes. Only sometimes. Only when necessary. And if, 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 you're, if you're listening to this and adult language offends you... Get the fuck out. <laughs> All right. So we're, today we're going to talk about Phil Hanna, okay. who was a uh, hangman. We, we skipped colonel time, Timmy. Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Are Don't you, worry. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so let, let me introduce our host. I kind of already did that, but let's, I'll do it again. Okay. Okay. I am happy to introduce a lady who needs no introduction. A woman who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent. Her Majesty, Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? I am well, Timmy. I have family here. I'm very excited. Happy to be here, of course, in Cincinnati when it's not 187 degrees and... Sweating like a whore in church. Thank you. She does. She looks fabulous. So, what have you been doing uh, at DweebCon? What, what kind of activities have you been doing, if at all? Well, you know, we had some drinks last night. And some? Some? Some drinks some. last night. You know, yesterday was a travel day. Unlike you fuckers, I had to work. <laughs> I did too. I, was, I worked yeah, yesterday before. I, I was came. actually at my job covering for the two of you, surprisingly. 
So I was, we were a little tired. It was travel day, so I think we went to bed about midnight, but it was good. We had a good time. Did you throw any axes last night? I did not. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's enough brandy time. It is. <laughs> well, let me introduce a man who is known as an oasis in the desert of despair by no one. A man who's known as... Well, he's probably he's the most dangerous man in podcasting today. He is not. Man, uh, man of the Lord. <laughs> the moral compass. No. The moral, the moral compass of podcasting. <laughs> the honorable. No. Noble. The reverend. Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. I'm not good. I know. What's wrong? Of course. Well, Timmy, I was supposed to have my book here for people to buy. And what's what's the title of your book now? Did you settle on the title? The title was The oh, Colonel's oh. Secret Recipe for Lovemaking, Timmy. But Hi. apparently there's this fake colonel in Kentucky that also has a secret recipe. And I got a cease and desist letter. So now I got to come up with another title, no, Timmy. That letter was from every single woman that you know. <laughs> so, men, I, I wanted to have the book for you. And ladies, you can use it too, but um, just c- catch me after the show. I'll give you each a tip for free. You won't have to pay for anything. <laughs> just a tip. I'll give you just a tip for free. <laughs> what is it, 15.32 centimeters? <laughs> I'll go with that. Okay. Perfect. So I don't have a fancy introduction for our guest, but... Make one up. Okay. Probably the best, probably the two best podcasts. I mean, like, real podcasts, not like shit we do. Oh. <laughs> Out there is, one of them is Southern Fried, I can't hardly say it. Southern Fried True Crime. Surprise, Surprise yeah. True Crime. He can't hardly say it. can't hardly say <laughs> it. I know you're shocked. <laughs> He's excited. Erica Kelly. Are you, Erica, if at all? I am excited to be here and get to use all the curse words. Oh, yeah, you don't I'm curse heavily scripted. In? Well, I do every now and then. Okay. I like to call the murderer a piece of shit or something. You can sneak that in without being explicit, but no. I, fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. I'm excited <laughs> about this. Well, I, you, you obviously never listened to our podcast before because. <laughs> never. Yeah, we frown on that. We do frown on that, but we're glad you're here. It, uh, you Thank came you up to join us, us and you're, you know, taking part in this because, you know, we like to mooch off your audience. So, <laughs> <laughs> a, a Thank little you. bit helps. A, a, exactly. And we are joined by the lady who wrote the script for the, that we're going to use today, who is probably like known as like podcast royalty. Wouldn't you say so, Colonel? I, I, yeah, I'd say if Lady Die, she'd be the equivalent of Lady Die in podcasting. Huh. I'll be careful on the ride to the airport. Yeah. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Just don't take the tunnel. 
Too soon? <laughs> it's been like, like 20, 20 years, for Christ's sake. Come on. Huh? Ah, the lovely Nina Enstead, everyone. <laughs> Nina, how are you? I am well. I'm you... happy to be back in Cincinnati. Well, you know, you say that, but... <laughs> I don't like the whole idea of you living in Georgia because you were in Michigan, like where she belonged. Where yeah. she belonged. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, you know, that we only see you once a year, but I'm kind of uncomfortable with you moving. I, shocking. You're uncomfortable with change? <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I don't adjust Get change the well. Fuck but, out. How, how are you in Atlanta? Are you enjoying Atlanta? So far, so good. I, I will say it is not Detroit. <laughs> It's not Detroit. No. That is like, you like need that on a t-shirt or something. Right. <laughs> and I am not a Southern Belle. So there's some adjusting going on. I'm sure you, uh, you're probably living, uh, Colonel, you, she's probably in like Buckhead, which is like the really well-to-do area. Are you up in you Buckhead? in the suburbs, right aren't you? I am in the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Only to find us, Renina. Thank God, Atlanta traffic, shit. Yeah. yeah. Well. Oh, the traffic, oh my God. We are happy that you're here and you, you wrote this script. And this is you know, third we're going to butcher it. And, and, you know, and this person doesn't it. disappear or anything. Yeah. This, this script is filled with murder and mayhem and terrible deaths. But yeah. yeah. So, see, you can't go wrong with that. Okay. So, um, we want to thank Rebecca because even... Um, we have this, uh, we run this theater, we do this every year, just kind of the, say thank you to all you guys, and um, we really appreciate you coming in, because like Chuck said, I know some of you are traveling a long way, even if you're, you know, in town. It's a long uh, way. It's a long way. We've like people downtown. all the way from the west side of Cincinnati. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, thank you for coming, and um, we appreciate that. And this, the theater this year is donated by Rebecca. Uh, from the Facebook group, so we want to give a shout out to her. Thank you, Ladley, Rebecca Ladley, Rebecca. Thank you, thank you. Very, very nice of her. Um, so, uh, with that, we'll get started uh, with the show. Um, Epworth, and you nailed it. <laughs> Fucked up name is a tiny, tiny, tiny farming community. In the southern end of <laughs> Illinois. Hello. Oh, if that's for me, I'm not here. <laughs> me either. It's located uh, between St. Louis and Louisville, Kentucky. The largest uh, nearby town is that of Evansville, Indiana. Have you ever been to Evansville, Colonel? I've been there. <laughs> and that's all? I've been there. Okay. <laughs> it is about all. Yeah, <laughs> It's some 50 miles to the east. Uh, it was in Epworth that on September 16, 1873, that George Philip Hanna was born. So his mother would have been, she'd been pregnant during the holidays, right? No, no. she would have got pregnant right about New Year's Eve. They had a big party. Drinking. She got pregnant, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in the new year with a bang. (laughs) (laughs) Her parents were George and Mary Hannah. 
important to know. The farmhouse uh, where he was born is a place, called, uh, a place he called home much of his life. It was built by his grandfather, John Hanna. And John Hanna owned a great deal of prime farmland, Colonel. Yeah, better than the rocky, hard farm. Infertile farmland. Around I mean. Epworth. Yeah. Epworth. Making the Hanna family quite wealthy, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? What do you think about that, Brandy? Should have married an <laughs> Epworth. <laughs> Phil was one of three children, Brandy. His brother, Harry... And his sister, who apparently didn't have a name. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't important to the story. I know, right? Well, there's not a whole lot available on a sister, Timmy. Well, but Nina, if you ever need any help with research, <laughs> oh, I'll be helping show you the ropes. Thank you. There isn't much available on his sister. And checking the local cemetery. You actually checked the local cemeteries? Oh, yeah, I did. Like what do you think? She just half-assed this thing? She ain't some hack now. Come on. Yeah. She's not buried with her brothers or her parents. <laughs> Make sure you help her with research. <laughs> <laughs> I never went to the actual cemetery to see if... Well, I'm, I'm called bullshit on that. You're a slacker. Well, she probably didn't go there. I'm sure she just looked it up. She probably didn't go there. You never thought to do that. Hmm. Google Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In computers. In 1896, when Hannah was 22 years old, he attended a public execution, as we all have. As we all have. It's all the rage. It was. Except yes, much like much like, he may have got an erection. <laughs> if you follow the rest of the story, that's what I'm guessing what happened here. I don't think it says that. Well, no. I'm there just... actually is an erection in the script. Well, an execution erection. <laughs> Perfect. Is that a fear boner? <laughs> I'm pumped about that. You see, in the 1800s and in the 20th century, many executions took place in the public square, Brady. What do you think about that? I have no thoughts hmm. at all on that. People would travel for miles around. This is before they went to podcast conventions. They would travel for miles around to view the spectacle. Well, this is before they had monster trucks, Timmy. Or televisions. Yeah, or television. Or evidently and books. It wasn't I mean, shit you know. to do. Let's go watch it tonight. I mean, in all fairness, would we, any of us be here today if there was a public execution going down on the square? No, no we'd be there. Hell no. <laughs> we would totally be there. Uh, okay, so you get the idea. People, uh, people travel to be at this, these ex- public executions. Hannah had the misfortune... Or I would go, I would say fortune, but Nina says misfortune, of viewing an execution, an execution that went poorly. How can I? That execution? sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if you were the one being. Get to the grease. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> the condemned oh, man thrashing, the condemned man thrashing, struggling, and suffering horribly. What's the problem? While onlookers <laughs> gasp and gasp. At the proceedings. Gate. Gate. Oh, oh, gaps and gape. There okay. you go. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> After weeks of nightmares about the botched execution, Hannah studied human anatomy like it would, it would motivate you, I guess. And he was learning ways that make hanging work that was quick and effective. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? 
Why? <laughs> I, I thought you might have some thoughts. Well, if I have thoughts, I don't shy away well, from telling you. There's an art to hanging, Tim. Huh? There's an art to hanging. If you, if you drop them too Tell far, it all about pops it. off like a locust, like a chicken. Like a locust? If you don't drop them far enough. Have you ever seen a locust? Have you ever seen a locust with its head popped off? I've never seen one executed. No. A headless chicken, a headless chicken chased me around my grandmother's yard. That's why I'm afraid of birds. I had a goose. Fuck a bunch of birds. Uh, I'm the same. Geese are mean. They are mean. Birds. I I had to tell. I actually this. I'm not making this up. You can't make this shit up now. Well, well. Just minding my own business, and I had a goddamn goose come after me, and I'm like, all right, you know, we can live, we can coexist. But it kept coming after me, and it kept coming after me, and finally I got tired of it, and I slapped the damn thing on the side of the head. And people standing around literally thought I was a, a horrible person for slapping a goose. Well, they don't know. They, it packed me like three times. They don't know you're a horrible person for other reasons. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Hashtag All these other reasons. The goose, no. They didn't side of the head. I mean... That's self-defense, right? That's what I said. That is an amazing story. Thank you. <laughs> Please tell I me more. I just see people run tell from geese all the time. And I think, why don't you slap the goddamn thing in the head? People why don't we do like that to you? What? People actually like They don't know him. <laughs> all right. So, Hannah was, uh, you know, he, he saw this botched execution. He didn't like it. And he decided he was going to study and find ways to make the hanging work that was quick and humane. And the brutality of that death inspired him to learn all he could about the the process of ending someone's life. That's exciting. At the next execution he attended, uh, and you can imagine a world where public executions are a regular occurrence... Can you? It says, can you imagine? Can you? And you know what I say to that? Goddamn Jesus right I can. Jesus Christ. Well, we have the handmaid's Read tale Read the now. words yeah. on the page. <laughs> All right, so. I can imagine that world, Timmy. Uh, you come to the checkout line with 18 items. At that execution. I do need a pointer. At that execution. A laser pointer. He realized that the sheriff hadn't set the knot on the noose properly and... What happened next? He stepped forward. He stepped forward to bring this to the attention of the executioner. With the rope properly arranged around the neck of the condemned, they pulled the trap, and his death was quick and efficient. Newspapermen stepped forward warning to, wanting to interview Hannah. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Who was this young man? Who was this young man advising lawmen and executions? How did he know how to set the knot? His story reached a local newspaper and picked up. Uh, it was picked up on the wire. Soon, letters started brandy arriving from the sheriff's departments across the country. They wanted Hannah's assistance with their own executions. So he's getting a reputation, brandy. Word of mouth. Mm. Mm. Flattered by the offers. Well, you would be flattered by that. I am. And seeking, seeking to improve the conditions of the face by the condemned and the execution, Hannah offered his skills to lawmen across the nation, and he officiated 
Where's Leanne? Did you get hit in the head with something on the way over here? What the fuck is going on with you? Um, he... Yeah, I remember where we're at. Right here. So he officiated some, uh, at some other uh, hangings, and that was basically it. Um... Are you smelling burning toast? <laughs> right. This... Oh my god. With this? <laughs> okay, oh no, this, this dude, it was like. Just he, do right here. Just start he, right here. He, he hanged this dude under a rape law or something. Well, good. Uh, they raped him. Well, they, you think they yeah. raped him? That's what. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> Hannah offered his skills to lawmen across the nation, and Hannah officiated at each of the five hangings which were conducted publicly in Kentucky under the rape law. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, I thought they, I thought he was raping those guys. <laughs> Someone's doing the raping. Why would you think that? That's what she said. <laughs> While the death of the prisoner is at best an unpleasant task. Who says that? <laughs> Hannah thought of himself as someone who contributed to the betterment of humanity. Well, of course he did. So does Chuck. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. You know, this is back before you could get on Yelp and find you a good hangman. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it had yeah. to... It was all yeah. word of mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> he saw himself doing important work, and many would say that he did. In the early part of the 20th century, Phil Hanna took his work known as the humane hangman. It's kind of catchy. It is. I'm the, I'm the, it's like the hangman that cares, Timmy. I'm the hangman that cares. Throughout the United States, it was known throughout the United States from Iowa to Arizona. Um, Shit, that's like three states. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's a big deal back then. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, Hannah never participated in the actual execution, but he makes sure that the you know the setup was done properly with the rope and the knot. So basically, he wasn't an executioner. He just kind of he was a tech. (laughs) He was a tech. Before giving his approval. Oh, so they had to get his approval before they threw the switch. Smart. You're killing me. (laughs) You're killing me, Smalls. Not all of Hannah's executions went smoothly, Brandy. In one instance, the rope snapped. Are you on the edge of your seat? The rope snapped. Sending the condemned to the ground where he was injured. Oh. (laughs) We got hurt. Well, he should get a walk after that. He should get a walk if he can. <laughs> I bet he would walk. Shit. Fred broke his damn back. After that, you think he got the Percocet? <laughs> <laughs> opium. He got the opium. After that, Hannah brought multiple ropes with him wherever he traveled. Why would you not travel with a backup rope? Like, that's your fucking job. You literally How do job. you not travel with a backup rope? Or a bungee cord? Do you I travel don't. with a backup rope, Kim? We all do. Okay. You don't? I had a gun. Uh, I, you don't? I don't know. No, I'm afraid somebody you take it from me and use it against me. Perfect. <laughs> it's That's like valid. Gun. That's valid for you. He would meet with the condemned the day before the execution. So, you know, he wanted this to go right, so they kind of do a walkthrough, which is kind of... They rehearse. Yeah. Well, you know... He meets with them, gets to know them a little bit. Yeah. Likes, dislikes, walks on the beach. What the fuck are you doing with this guy? Well, he wanted to get a look at him, Brandy, and prepare his setup accordingly. 
Can't blame him. No. He would, lie, he, he would look at their neck, calculate their height and weight against the ropes he brought, with him and the gallows set, set up being used. So he took his, you know, he took his job seriously, Brandy, unlike so, yourself. So to summarize, this was a young man who saw a horrible execution and thought, God damn it, I can do this better and more efficiently. Yes. We're, we are he, summarizing he, one fucking basically, page. <laughs> basically, he wanted to build a better mouse, mouse trap, is what he was doing. Yeah. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I know. We wish we could do that. All right. So he wanted the condemned men to die quickly and cleanly with a snapped neck, not to struggle at the end of the rope as they slowly suffocated. Oh, he's a giver. Or worse yet, he didn't want the rope to break under their weight and have to repeat the grim process over again. What do you think about that, Timmy? <laughs> I have no thoughts. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Hannah was from a wealthy family, and once his father... What the hell is on your forearm? Are you fucking joking? I've had this for, like, two years. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever seen him. You shit, too. No. You shit, too. That's the first time I've ever seen him. I have had this for two years. Is it a tattoo? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, <laughs> it may really stone yeah, it stays that long. Can we get a I mean, medic? Like, I thought you were like at a club or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> All right, and I just keep. What it. does it say? I don't bathe. What? What does it say? It is old Irish for granny, because my granny passed away. Do you really speak old Irish? No, but right there I do. <laughs> so you really don't know what the hell is. I looked it up on Google Translate. Leanne wow. is fake Irish. She could probably tell you what. She, well, maybe. And she probably I, would. I've seen that goddamn tattoo for me? two years. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen, seen it for it. two years. Hmm. <laughs> I was curious. Well, you know, if you look up from your feet every once in a while as you come through... Are you, you just told me. Man. I can't. What? I just no, never saw I, I, it before. <laughs> your powerful skills of observation. Why, why wouldn't you just have your, her name? Why would you have to put it in Celtic or whatever the hell? <laughs> Gaelic? Gaelic. Yeah. It's, not even, it's not even Gaelic. It's actually Old Irish. I tell people it's Gaelic because it's easier, but... It's old Irish. It's not Celtic anything. <laughs> so why wouldn't you just put it in English? Because, well, she was Irish. So, and what the fuck do you? Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Is she your? Granny? You don't get to ask questions, goddammit. She's had it for two and a half years. You the don't... time for questions is over. <laughs> yeah, you missed your window, hon. <laughs> I just, you know, I it, I don't know why you don't just. It, was she Amer- I mean, she's American, right? 
She speaks English. Why wouldn't you put it in English? Fucking Gaelic. <laughs> they charge more for that. No. Continue. <laughs> On with the story. Andy. I don't even know what to say to you right now. I. <sighs> yes. I should have got some popcorn. We should go axe throwing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's got like 18 of them. Every time somebody dies, he gets a tattoo. Yeah, no. But he is. They're in English. Are they? Are they? thought you were like at a club or something okay i want you to observe first of all look at that that is that stupid anchor and there's the, God, they're not even words these are all what people i care one? about they're How just about dumb symbols my step up ah i thought you had a, you went to a cool club or something last night i was like where is that place at i've never heard of it that's why and they always put a they put a stamp right there that's the most convenient place <laughs> Fuck That's nice. hell. lovely, Brandon. Get the fuck out. <laughs> right. All right. So Hannah was from a wealthy family, and once his father passed away, he left him, him and his brother. That poor sister gets no fucking love. She ain't even got a damn She's name. She's got nothing. nothing. She don't get a name. I know. She, uh, well, and she's buried somewhere, but nobody knows. <laughs> Uh, so he left him and his brother ownership of the thousands of acres of fertile land. Um, Phil Hanna himself was quite well off, a gentleman farmer, if you will. Mm. Says mm. that. Hanna never asked for or expected payment for his services, instead requesting ownership of the murder weapon used by the condemned for their crime. What the fuck is I wrong? Think that's hella cool. Hold on, yes, hold on, hold on. I got a question. <laughs> I got a question. Now, you research this one. Now, these, some of these guys were murdered or were hung for rape, correct? Yeah, he took their wiener. That's what happened. <laughs> That's, what That's a jackass question. I mean, what would the weapon be? Yeah. They took, Wasn't it yeah. rape, murder? Or were all of them? In the jaw, do, what do you it doesn't matter. It? You just hang them. And Chuck evidently is taking their dick as a souvenir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking it. He took it. But. No, they were rape, murder. Yeah. The, so, I don't know. I guess they cut off the hand if they strangled her. I, I so, Chuck, know. you're disgusting. It's an obvious question. It's not. It's the not people an obvious here question. You just lop it off and put it in a formaldehyde or something? Yes, that's what happened. with you? Yeah. Put it on a neck. Around their neck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Like Rasputin. Like Rasputin. It's called I know. Learn it. Make it into lovely earrings. <laughs> it, uh, the visual owl. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm, shh, shh, shh. I'm wrong fast. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. This should be like a spray bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, he was a, okay, he never expected payment, blah, 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 took their dicks. Okay, he covered his own expenses. He, have, he covered his own expenses and travel as well as materials used in the execution. See, he was dedicated. He really was. He's a traveling guy. Uh, for all of his efforts, according to the story in a 1927 issue of the Post-Dispatch newspaper, Hannah never was involved in the execution of a woman. 
but he did say that he came across several women whose cases seemed to warrant it. God damn right, yeah. I could, I could point out six in this room. <laughs> Let's see. They here. dare you. Don't, never mind. Yeah. I can point just, out one not. at this table. You don't mind talking about you, Timmy. Some of the condemned who met their end under Hannah's watchful eye were Frank Lohone. 30-year-old Lohone was found guilty of murdering a local farmer, Max Nottingham, in 1919. Lohone chose to be baptized in the hours before he stepped onto the gallows. Unfortunately, his execution, one of the home field advantage for Hannah, did not go smoothly. When the trap door was released, Lohone fainted, which meant he didn't fall straight. <laughs> that oh. sucks. And came in at an angle, mm. hitting the side of the scaffold on the way down. Oh, oh shit. That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> it would take him more than 40 minutes to die. He slowly suffocated at the end of a rope. Meanwhile, his mom waited at the prison for her son's body to be brought out after his execution so that she could give him a proper burial. As this was the second man Frank Lohone was known to have killed, the first a stabbing murder that uh, the court proclaimed self-defense, his mother was alone in her grief. That's a sad story. That's sad. What's sad about it? Well, no, his poor mom just sitting there. She raised a murderer, for Christ's sake. (laughs) I, I think that you have three boys and I'm you should simmer say. down. <laughs> in April, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, on April 16, 1921, a story in the Cincinnati Inquirer revealed that Lohone's execution was the first in 100 years for White County, Illinois, and the execution took place about 50 feet from the location where the crime itself had occurred in 1919. Hmm. Hannah assisted in the April 26th or sorry, April 1926 execution of wealthy Missouri dairy farmer Emil Fricker. Oh, Horrible name. Frickers. Goddamn <laughs> Frickers. He could, they have good chicken wings. Yeah, but Emil. Emil. Is it Emil? It could e- Emu, whatever. It's a stupid <laughs> name. Uh, let's see. Email. 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 Email Fricker. Email Fricker. The frickin' name. <laughs> All right, for the 1924 murder of a milkmaid's husband named Emil <laughs> Noongasser. What's the, what's the fucking odds of, yeah. of Emil killing Emil? Emil Noongasser. Yeah. <laughs> Fricker. So wait a minute. She was, was she banging both Emils? She who? The milkmaid. Uh, the, milkmaid. <laughs> the milkmaid. The milkmaid. No, no. It was just her husband. It was just her husband. Oh. The Noongasser email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so there are two emails in this. Emails. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of sure. emails. Right. So Fricker was buried the day after his execution with only his mother and widow to witness. The milkmaid. Yes, the <clears throat> milkmaid. Charles Berger. Oh, Charlie he... Berger. Charlie Berger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember him. The notorious. Tell me about him. Charlie. He was, he was a... Very notorious Illinois gangster. Okay, I'm done listening to that. Charlie Berger. <laughs> he was executed, because it's written right there. Good job. <laughs> he was executed April 19, 1928. He was the last man to be publicly hanged in Illinois. Hannah was there making sure everything went according to plan. After Berger's hanging, 
Illinois used a new method of execution, the electric chair. Oh, see, that's, see, that's when things started going to Well, hell. that's, that's when technology humane. starts to push people out of job. Mm-hmm. He, this poor man. He I mean, just, he's got an email getting, you know, hanged yeah, like every right. other day. All and, he and wanted he, out and of life. he's got a good job, got a good gig. Was to make sure that these men were all well hung, Timmy. All, the, all emails. You walked into that one. Kind of. That was a softball. God damn it, that was a good one. I say, I wait, I've been waiting all day for that one. That you know was what a good I bet one. he has been waiting. Uh, the spring of 1936 found Hannah in Indianapolis. He was there to supervise the execution of 53-year-old George W. Barrett for his role in the death of Nelson Klein, a government agent. Barrett received the death sentence under a new law that allowed federal pr- prosecution for the death of federal agents. Before Barrett went to the gallows, he told his guards that he had, quote, forgiven everybody, yeah. with the exception of one of the guards that he took issue with. Yeah, that one fucking dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's always one. Yeah. He's probably always na- his name was probably email. Wait a minute. <laughs> it probably was. He's forgiven everybody. Forgiven everybody? He killed a motherfucker. Yeah, but, you know, they were assholes to him. Cause yeah. Is that it? They were his guards. I mean, it was he probably guards, teased yeah. him and shit. Yeah. Threw water on him. Mm. It was pretty Christian of him, actually. <laughs> he, was a forgive, he was a forgiving no. man. He's a giver, yes. The guard went to Barrett, and the two men had a brief conversation, after which the men shook hands. Then Barrett was led to the gallows. The noose, the noose, the noose put in place <laughs> as a reverend prayed beside him, asking for the Lord's forgiveness. When asked if Barrett had any last words, he declined to speak, and the hood was placed over his head. George W. Barrett, a man who was twice tried for the murders of his mother and sister, but finally prosecuted after killing a government agent in a shootout, met his end just after midnight. All of this per a story in the Chicago Tribune. Hannah was, after all, an an Illinois native. In perhaps his best-known case, during the fall of 1936, Hannah supervised the execution of Rainy Betha. Bethia? Bethia. Rainy Bethia. Bethia. Rainy. 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 That's a nice name. For Sheriff Florence Thompson in Owensboro, Kentucky. I've been there. Yes. Flo. We all have. Everyone called him Flo. Did they? Because mm-hmm. it's a girl, so. Well, her. That's they called her Flo. She sells insurance now. <laughs> yes, Sheriff Florence Thompson was a female sheriff. Oh, she was. More than 10,000 people turned out to watch whatever Bethia die. Rainy. Rainy. His sentence carried out on August 14, 1936, will be the last public hanging in the United States. I really want to apologize for Nina because, you know, now you see what I put up with all that. Or two Nina. (laughs) Now you see what I put up with. Context matters. (laughs) You see what I put up with when she butchers my script, so... What? Nina did not know to use the small words, Timmy. Yeah. Well, that's we should have told her that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And we wipes. didn't know, go over the names or anything beforehand. Are, are we done? Can I have the pointer? Can you have the porn? The pointer. No. The pointer. No, no pointer. Why do you get the pointer? Because I'm the grown-up. Um, <laughs> this case was particularly interesting. Uh, one, because Florence Thompson became sheriff after her husband, who had been the sheriff, died, and a judge appointed her to 
his position as sheriff. See, so that that's not fair. That's <laughs> that's nepotism. That is nepotism. Yeah. That's not. We are opposed to nepotism. You should look that up. She wasn't elected. No, she wasn't elected. She, she, she got a job because of her sheriff. husband. Yeah. She would be an interim sheriff. They do that shit in like Congress, right? Flow. I swear it happens. <laughs> so Rainey was a black man accused of raping and murdering a 70-year-old white woman, Lashia Edwards. Witnesses claimed to have seen Bethia wearing one of Miss Edwards' rings, and a jury took only five minutes to decide that he was guilty. Only five minutes? I'm not a legal expert, but it doesn't sound like the jury gave fair consideration to the case. Uh, because this case was handled by a female sheriff and condemned was a black man, the people of Owensboro went wild, because that's what they do, desperate to see a woman handle this man's execution. Newspapers from Vermont to California picked up stories about the lady sheriff and death sentence that needed to be carried out. Preparations for the early morning hanging began at 4.30 uh, a.m. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> got to get with, up out early to mm, die. Damn. With, you got to get up early. <laughs> with setting up the rope on the scaffold, about 5.20... Rainey was led to the gallows, asking on the walk if he could take off his shoes and socks and replace them with clean socks for his final journey. Well, you don't want to die with dirty socks. I no. guess. Or underwear. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, they become I feel dirty like right after you get yeah, yeah, yeah. like, in, in the process. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this request was granted, because why not? And uh, as he stripped off his shoes and socks and set about putting on clean socks with his hands and cuffs, the large crowd heckled him with taunts of hanging and then other less savory remarks. Once crowds can be mean. Crowds well, can a crowd that's showing up for a hanging is not going to be the most genteel group. Yeah. That you're gonna Especially run a hanging at 5.30 in the morning. I yeah, mean, yeah. if you dedication. get up at 5.30 in the morning. No, they've not, they've not had a lot of things yet. <laughs> um, let's see, once he was on the scaffold, standing on the trap door, he made a confession to the Catholic priest and, re- and received... Extreme, I don't know that word. I unction. really don't. But Extreme it's unction. unction. What does right. that mean? I'm not Catholic. Yeah, thank you. Nina, do you know what it means? It's, asking. it's yes, basically asking. a blessing and forgiveness yeah. of, oh, okay. the, of the oh. dying by a priest. It's a Catholic sacrament. That's why like I didn't know. Well, I'm a total heathen, so... Right, yeah, that's I, why I didn't know. I had no idea. Cool. So th- he received extreme unction. Arthur Hash, a former cop who was deputized and served as hangman in the place of Sheriff Thompson... Uh, Hash took it upon himself to repeatedly interrupt Rainey's confession. What a dick. <laughs> Taunting the condemned man and demanding that he, quote, say something. Well, I would if you'd shut yeah, the you fuck up. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rainey continued his Catholic confession, making no mention at all of the crime he was sentenced for. I wonder if you could get moderate unction. I don't know. Or light extreme. unction. Or just, yeah, just give me a light unction. I, you know. I don't know. I kind of regret what It sounds like a made-up Timmy word. Yeah. But it's not, I guess. <laughs> uh, in the end, thousands of people who came to watch the grim spectacle got their execution. But Sheriff Thompson's delegated Sheriff Thompson delegated the work to former Louisville policeman Arthur Hash, who threw the switch on her behalf. Hash's demeanor was mentioned repeatedly in the press, who labeled him quote visibly unsteady. <laughs> what? It was fucking five thirty. You shouldn't yeah. label people. I just, okay. Well, they, they sound very judgmental. Well, sure, I would be. Local Kentucky papers criticized Thompson 
for, quote, shirking her duties by you know, allowing that's what hash. what happens when you let the wife take over the job. That- oh, now see, oh, Timmy, Timmy, you're about to see that smile that we talked about <laughs> in the other podcast. <laughs> is that what happens mm-hmm. when that, it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you, you got a woman on either side of it, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so Rainey did not address the crowd and met his in quickly and quietly under the watchful gaze of Phil Hanna. This was Hannah's 70th execution. Holy I would shit. just like to say I didn't say she was shirking her duty. This dude here, someone here said that. Oh, okay. you're just repeating it. Yeah, right. no, just, not only that's repeating what it. happens. Yeah, that's what happens in the white thing yeah. to do. Yeah. It was, it was just was like that. It was commentary that got you there, Timmy. It was not <laughs> Thank reporting you, the facts. Uh, let's see. One year later, Hannah was present in St. Genevieve, Missouri, for the 1937 hanging of 31-year-old Hurt Hardy. Hurt. That's Jesus, these people with these weird-ass names. Hurt Hardy. Hannah visited the town on the Missouri-Illinois border, a riverfront community, to supervise the execution of Hardy, a quarry worker, quarry worker, who in 1935... Quarry. It's quarry. Quarry. I said quarry, eventually. God damn, am I the only one that speaks English up here? (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so, okay, so this guy married, murdered 20-year-old Ethel Ferenstock <laughs> because his love for her was unrequited. Ethel's feelings for Hardy were unknown. She was told by her father that she was too young to date and respected the wishes of her parents. So, well, she was 20. Well, nothing says I love you like a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Back to <laughs> fucking crazy ash. Uh, go ahead, Miss Thing. Me, 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 okay. Yes, I think. Isn't it? Ah, there. Hello there. Okay. Oh wait, no. No, we're organized. No, he's no, done. No, he doesn't no, get to. I got skipped. Oh. <laughs> I don't get a that. part in this. We established yeah. he doesn't get to smart remarks, read. right? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, where were you? Uh, uh, I got, got shot right in the there. back right there. Right there. That's some nasty shit. Hardy shot the young woman in the back wow. after she turned him down yet again for an evening out. Two years after he shot her three times with a shotgun, Hardy was executed before a crowd of almost 1,500 people. While it wasn't a public execution. It feels public. It, that seems pretty <laughs> fucking public to me. It feels I mean, public. You know. The crowds gathered outside the prison fence, eager for a look at the proceedings. Hardy's last words, according to a Louisiana newspaper, were that he looked forward to being with his sweetheart in the hereafter. How fucking nice. Yeah. Well, I don't think she's going to like him then either. I, you know, I think it's still going to be a no. I think it will be a hard pass. <laughs> Has anybody been out there? Has anybody been shot with a shot? Good point. No. Because Chuck has. I have. <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to play on the railroad of tracks. That's a true story. No, I know. Of course he has. The guys that worked on the trains, He's they the would fat have kid shotguns from Stand by that were filled with rock salt. And they would shoot them at you. And if you got hit, the rock salt would go into your skin and it would melt. And it would Cause a nasty like infection. A son of a bitch. Yeah. And they would shoot at you for fun. If you <laughs> was a kid, throwing rocks at your train. It's illegal to be on a railroad track. Well, I wasn't actually on the railroad tracks. We was... But, so your story's horseshit already. No, I was standing back. We used to, it was cold, you know, coming through Ohio. It was cold things, and we used to throw rocks at the trains. And they would shoot at you with shotguns. With rocks so you basically on. started it. 
No, because you we knew rocks. they were going to shoot at us. You, threw, you brought rocks to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of... But I have been shot by That's sort of a metaphor for your life, isn't it? I think that... It yeah. Okay. All I'm right. sorry. You're good. Maybe. In the summer of 1938, Hannah's services done. were required in Michigan. Did you know that Michigan was the first English-speaking territory in the world to abolish the death penalty? They did this in the 1840s, and it's just one of many reasons that Michigan is superior to Ohio. Hey, I volunteered for that line. I'm from Tennessee. (laughs) The road to abolishing the death penalty started in the 1820s when Michigan was still a territory. A man named Patrick... Jesus. A man named uh, Patrick Fitzpatrick? Patrick You're right Fitzpatrick. about these fucking names, yeah, dude. dude. Okay. Patrick a man named Patrick Fitzpatrick. That's like a tongue twister. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, that dude. Did they call him Patty a Fitz? <laughs> They're unimaginative. Ooh. Fitzy. 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 Fitzy's best. There's already too many damn Patricks in there. Yeah. Okay. He lived across the river from Detroit in what is now Windsor, Ontario, Ontario? Oh, some good strip Canada. clubs there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Perfect. Are. Old Fitzy was accused of the rape and murder of his landlord's daughter. Law enforcement didn't have much evidence, but Fitz was tried and convicted of her murder. His sentence was death by hanging, and he was executed in 1828. In 1835, Fitzpatrick's friend and roommate made a deathbed confession. Patrick Fitzpatrick, I did it, was innocent. Um, his roommate was the rapist and murderer. And when they executed Fitzpatrick, they had executed the wrong man. Mm. People were shocked, horrified, and saddened by this news. In 1830, a Detroit Detroit innkeeper, innkeeper, 50-year-old Stephen Gifford Simmons, that was easy, spent the evening drinking, as one does. As we do. When he made his way back to the house that night, he woke up his wife, which you shouldn't do. No. Uh, Lavena, and insisted that she join him for a drink. When Lavena refused, Simmons became belligerent and assaulted her. He slapped her in the face, punched her. Oh, wait. He slapped her in the face and punched her in the stomach. That punch proved, pa- proved fatal. In a matter of hours, Lavena died of her injuries, and Simmons was put on trial for her death. The children who witnessed the assault, terrified that their father testified that their father often drank and became violent. After the trial, the jury found Simmons guilty and he was sentenced to death. Wayne County Sheriff Thomas Knapp felt that while Simmons was responsible for the death of his wife, it wasn't intentional or premeditated, and he refused to carry out the sentence. The law needed to be followed. Simmons would be put to death, and if Knapp wouldn't do it, they damn well would find someone who would. Michigan Territorial Governor Lewis Cass appointed another man, Ben Woodworth. Woodworth. It's literally in there. I was like, what? Are you worth your wood, Ben? Are you worth your wood? Yeah. Um, he, was a, he was appointed as a temporary sheriff so the execution could move forward. Within days, gallows were erected. I so, told you there was so erection Woodworth. in the script. So, so Woody erected it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> okay. He up and erected it. The, the, uh, yeah. The, the erection was along, wow, what is that word? Gr- gr- Gradio? Grado. Let's go with Grado. Grado Avenue, Grishoy. sure. Grishoy. Bleachers Grishoy. went up so the Grashed. public would have. 
Oh, damn. What the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to Michigan. Grass shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is, that is some grass shit right there. That's, <laughs> that name is grass that shit. That name is grass shit. You're right. Okay, within days after the gallows were erected along Gratiot Avenue, (laughs) (laughs) bleachers went up so the public would have a good view of the event, naturally. Food and beverage vendors prowled the area, selling snacks, Mm -hmm. beer, and rum to hungry onlookers. Is it festival seating? Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good time. Well, I think you got a bracelet. Did you? Yeah, you got a or bracelet. Or maybe you got a green a stamp. stamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stamp. you totally got a yeah. stamp. Yeah. Was that from a hang-in last night that you went to, <laughs> devil? I will never tell you it's shack shit. <laughs> I, I read that last sentence as hungry hookers. But <laughs> hungry nothing hookers? worse than a hungry yeah, hooker. Maybe I thought my eyes were <laughs> Hungry onlookers. Oh, this my God. Is kinda like, <laughs> it's kind of like sure a hookers Rorschach too, test shit. for you, Timmy. Oh. <laughs> tell me what you see here, yeah. Timmy. Hookers. Hungry hookers. Hookers. Yeah. Angry hookers. Thirsty <laughs> hookers. Nothing worse than a hungry hooker. Yeah, I mean, you know. Isn't that a game? Hungry, Are hungry you? hookers? <laughs> <laughs> should be, if it's not. Yeah, it should be. Hit As me, Simmons stood on the gallows with thousands of people looking on and the crowds were not disappointed, Simmons' execution was carried out. He was hung by his neck until he was dead. He had not intended to murder his wife. He was very drunk when the fight happened, and he struck her. And now their oh, and now their children were parentless and struggling. I mean, he still would have gone to jail. They still would have been parentless orphans. That's like the whole argument, the whole cliche argument that if you kill me, my kids will be orphans. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, no. But <laughs> here's my here's my question though, because I hate the phrase and whatever. But they're like, you know, he was hanged by his neck until was he was dead. Isn't that what you fucking do? Like, you don't hang people by their dick until they're dead or by their (laughs) ankle or by any other body part. You hang them by the neck until they're dead. If women ruled the world, we would. Well, duh. But we don't. And I don't understand the phrase. (laughs) What what else do you hang them by? Well, sometimes just to get what you need out of people, you just dangle them by the neck. Well, you know, you could get into the drawn and quartered thing where they, like, tied off bits and, you know, the horse. That happened to Mel Gibson. He was drawn and quartered. Yeah. He was drawn and quartered, wasn't he? I don't know. What, what I don't well, know. God it. damn it. I don't know him. I think <laughs> that was Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, that's Braveheart. Uh, I was going to say the blue paint, right? Blue paint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Braveheart. All right. It would take another decade, but in 1847, Michigan abolished the death penalty, substituting were... mandatory life in prison for those found guilty of the worst crimes. Pussies. Today, <laughs> more than 170 years later, Michigan has only one man on death row. And that's that one guy. It's just, just the just one guy. Just that one guy. He's was his name himself. Emil? Uh, Probably. What's this son of a bitch? One hundred ninety. He does. He awaits execution in Terre Haute, Indiana. His name is Marvin Gabrion, and was sentenced to death because he was because he was convicted of first degree murder in Michigan for a crime committed on federal land. Oh. Had the murder occurred elsewhere in Michigan and not on federal property, he would have received a life sentence without parole. Yeah. You've got to pay attention. The last to execution. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michigan that, that has, makes sense. Wait a minute. Michigan has one man on death row who's in Terre Haute, Indiana. Michigan does not have a death row. We had to borrow Indiana. Oh, that's right. You had to build something, so you sent him to Indiana. <laughs> so you sublet a place. Yeah, we got releasing a fun names coming out. Can't you just put them in a closet somewhere? Yeah. I mean, what do you mean, somebody's basement? I would put him in a basement. Yeah, yeah. Chuck's got a That's basement. That's not weird at all. I got a basement. Nobody basement. wants to see your basement. <laughs> nobody, nobody who has has come out the same. Go ahead. 
The last execution in Michigan took place more than 80 years ago. In 1937, a man named Anthony Chibatouris, Chibatouris, I like that, Anthony Chibatouris, was involved in the robbery of a Midland, Michigan bank. (laughs) During the robbery, his partner, (laughs) stop that. That's all During the robbery, his partner in crime was killed, and a bystander was shot and killed as well. And since it was a bank robbery, it was a federal crime. And because two people died, Chibatoris was found guilty, and the sentence was death. Okay, that's the last time I want to say that name. Yeah, because it's stupid. It's a terrible... Take it away, Nina. (coughs) Because Michigan abolished... Let me try that again. (laughs) Because Michigan abolished the death penalty, Michigan Governor Frank Murphy attempted to have his sentence reduced to life in prison without parole, and the request was denied. Then Murphy asked that the execution be moved out of Michigan and occur in a state with the death penalty. This request also denied. Murphy took his concerns about the death sentence and the reality that no one wanted to execute someone in a state without the death penalty all the way to President Franklin Roosevelt. But the sentence was upheld, and Michigan was responsible for carrying it out. It was Midland County Sheriff Ira Smith who served as hangman for Chibatoris. He was paid $25 to make the 130-mile or 210-kilometer trip from Midland to Milan, the location of the prison where Chibatoris was held for the execution. So in today's dollars, he got about 425 bucks. Well, that's a lot of scratch, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because the state had zero experience in executing the condemned, the last execution happening 90-some years earlier, it was decided they would ask Phil Hanna for his assistance. Now, as we discussed earlier, Hanna never requested payment. What he did ask for was the weapon used in the commission of the crime. And I imagine he had quite the assortment of handguns, knives, and other items in his collection. Maybe penises. I mean, we're just going to choose to believe that. According to a 1927 story in the Muncie Star, one room at Hannah's home was dedicated to his work, filled with weapons, ropes, and hoods used to shield the face of the condemned. Just like your basement. Just like my basement. Cool. The day before the execution was to be carried out, Phil Hannah met with Chiba Torres. The condemned was pleased to see that Hannah arranged his execution. Phil Hannah had a reputation and... And... Chibatoris knew he would do his work well. <laughs> Your thoughts, Brandy. <laughs> We're just really impressed you keep saying Chibatoris without well, even like, that. He hesitating. Made a weird noise. And then, first of all, imagine going to that guy's house on a first date. <laughs> Here's my room with all of my with work all of my stuff. Dicks. And then there's never a second thing. What a fucking idiot. Put that shit away. That's not something people need. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nina. That sounds judgmental to me. It's so judgmental. We're totally judging him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who wants to be that girl? You're weapon shaming, devil. I, you're weapon shaming. That's what you're doing. I am. Yeah. It is wrong. It is wrong. I, I don't feel good about it. I'm sorry. I know. Thank you. <laughs> you got heckled by your kids. He's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> the execution was scheduled for the early morning hours of July 8th, 1938. 
he would meet the hangman on recently assembled gallows made from pine planks and railroad ties. They went all out. They weren't erected? <laughs> well, I was trying to change up word choice. <laughs> yeah, but we want to say assembled, erected. As much as erected <laughs> whatever. After Phil had Did you say erected again? <laughs> slow, 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 a little slow. Erected. There we go. There we go. There's sexy murder voice. I'll be back in five minutes. Gross. After Phil Hanna set the noose and the hood on Chiva Torres, he signaled that it was time. Midland Sheriff Ira Smith threw the switch and he fell through the trapdoor. The execution was fast, clean, and successful. Just the way Hanna felt all executions should proceed. These are just some of the 70 executions Hanna assisted at during a 50-year career as traveling hangman. Phil Hanna had a good reputation. He was known across the country for his work with the condemned. A news story from the Moline Dispatch on October, in October of 1926 reads in part, quote, in the last 30 years, Philip Hanna of White County, Illinois, has hanged 51 men for inexperienced sheriffs. He asks no pay and funds his own travel, arriving with his own supply of ropes, black caps, and straps. Mm, nice. Right? Nice. Is he here to party or what? Yeah. It's Saturday. That's just a, that's just a gallon of vodka short. Of, that's a Saturday. Yeah. We're going to erect some gallows and get weird. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. While he kept a pile of positive news stories about his work, Hannah also kept a stack of letters denouncing him and threatening his life. Not everyone understood or appreciated that Hannah felt called to assist the hangman. Tim, your thoughts on that? Assisting the hangman? I wonder if he ever played that game. Why would you wonder that ever? <laughs> well, maybe. Probably liked it. I feel like Timmy plays that a lot, don't you? Everybody's got to have a purpose. Yeah. It's true. He found his purpose. He found his call. He did. I, he was a happy man. It is humane. I mean, yeah, they called him the gentleman hangman, right? He did yeah. not like a dangler. He did not like a dangler. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? Yeah. He doesn't want anybody dangling too long. Yeah. That's why they had to wreck things. <laughs> One more time. One more time. And get weird. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to shit and get weird. All right. While he kept a pile of pause. Oh, wait, I already read that. It's all right. Do you need the pointer? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah passed away in 1948 at the age of 74. He was survived by his estranged wife, Mary Krebs Hannah. Somebody well, got a second date. Yeah. yeah I guess so. She was Somebody not got freaked out. More than but a she was estranged. Date. Well, she was very estranged. <laughs> well, and she was much younger than him, too. Yeah. So she had no idea what she was looking at. Yeah. She just bopped through life chewing gum. <laughs> Sugar daddy. While he and Mary had their differences throughout their marriage, it was Mary who sewed the hoods used during the executions for husband's <laughs> yeah, supervisor. Yeah, bitch, I knew Help it. Her. Yeah. Yes. Help her. Yeah. Do we know how old she was? Mary, who was much younger she than her husband, younger. died in 1971. You can relate to yeah. that, right? Hell, she lived that many more years. She must yeah. have been quite a bit younger. You can relate. I much would like younger. to leave you. Leanne can relate. There she is. <laughs> Hi, Leanne. I'd like to leave you with Hannah's own words about his work. Quote, I'm going to ask you not to be too hard on me, he said. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was waiting for that one. Don't be too hard on me, girl. Oh. I know that people think I'm a pretty terrible person. Oh, I feel that. But it is only those who do not understand why I do what I do. I think I wrote this. <laughs> like, I feel like these are my words. If, with the knowledge that I have, I can make some poor fellow pass out without fear of pain. Yes! No! No, you like the fear and you like the pain. (laughs) That's not you. I believe that I am doing a service to humanity. I don't enjoy helping to take a life. My nerves are all keyed up for days before and days after an execution. It is a heavy responsibility and a heavy strain. I'm just trying to do my part for society and humanity, and I hope people will understand it. I understand you. A very (laughs) special dirty jobs. (laughs) Hannah was an interesting character and wanted to be remembered as someone who did good things for humanity, acting with kindness and compassion. Philip G. Hannah, the humane hangman, is buried near his parents and his brother, but not his not sister. sister. But not that sister. That we don't even know her name. No one knows. She's buried in a go- um, coffee can or something. He's in the, she's in she a pickle little. jar. Yeah. She's um, a little thing. She's buried at the Big Prairie Cemetery in Upworth, Illinois. Okay. Whoop, whoop. All right. All right. So, Erica, what's your final thoughts on Philip Hannah, the I mean, traveling hangman. I actually really appreciate the spirit of his, you know, humanity, and I also think he was kinky as fuck. <laughs> okay. Just a thought. That's all. That's all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel, your final thoughts on Philip <clears throat> Hannah, well, see, the I, traveling I, Well, I appreciate what he did, Timmy. There are some people... Who should dance at the end of the rope for about 35, 40 minutes? You got a good point. You know, and they're not, maybe, they're not, maybe they're guilty, maybe they're not. But they, everybody's got it coming to <laughs> Everybody's got it coming. So I think, I think what the colonel is saying, that everyone likes to see a man well hung. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if I had you, a dollar Charles? for every time I heard that. <laughs> uh-huh. You'd have 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandy, your final thoughts. I want to know more about the sister. Yes, I I really do. I legit could not find anything about the sister But we're all. sure he had one. See how not yes. honest she was? I like, would have just pretended like he didn't have a sister. Nina's so honest. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Like, she dropped off the She might not have wanted to be, you know, associated. Associated with him, yeah. yeah. Well, but she got left out of the will. Well, fuck them anyway, then. Yeah. But I don't blame her. As the daughter, I wonder if she married into another family, so then she's more associated with whoever she married. Well, that's true. Well, hopefully yeah. they were rich. Because back in those days, you kind of disappeared when you got married to your husband. Yeah, sure. you became their property. We like, know, we know. So. You was like chattel. Are you going to tell us about I those knew that. Days? I knew you were going to use Because you're one. old. Well, I know. I'm just saying there was simpler, simpler times. It was less complicated time. Fucking idiot. All right. All right. He gets no more thoughts. He's he's done. So now, (laughs) thank you to Nina for this great script. Excellent script. All the hard research. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.